Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment, you're nailing it, and the next, you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Laura Froyan, and on this episode of the Balanced Parent Podcast, we are going to be diving in to the mother-daughter relationship. So we're going to be figuring out how we can have a healthy mother-daughter relationship. What are some of the things that we need to know to set us up for success for a lifelong relationship that's beautiful and lovely between us and our daughters? And then also looking kind of backwards through our ancestral line and thinking about what are some of the things that need healing in the mother-daughter kind of story that's going on in our family. Um, And so to help me with this conversation, I'm bringing in a new friend and colleague, Anne Dillard. Um, She is an expert in all things mother-daughter, and she also really works primarily with older kids and young adults. And so she's going to be this like sage kind of guide who's ahead in our path and letting us know what we need to know right now to set us up for success down the line. So Anne, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk with you. Well, thank you, Dr. Laura. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here to talk about this very important topic, right? The mother-daughter relationship and what's ahead and how do we kind of nestle in for a healthy ride, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, why don't you just tell us a little bit like about yourself for just a few minutes? Awesome. My name is Ann Dillard. And like yourself, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I am licensed in the states of Georgia and Minnesota, where I serve my clients primarily, well, virtual now Mm. since COVID-19. I have been doing telehealth across these two states. I I do have a private practice, brick and mortar in Decatur, Georgia. I'm working from home, so we're not in the office. Someday, I look forward to going back into that space where I can work with my teens and their moms face-to-face. Right, I still look forward to that. But right now we do the best that we can. I am the creator of the mother-daughter conversation cards, the mother-daughter prompt journal as well, and uh, the teen talk uh, conversation cards that I share with my audiences. 
And I'm just excited to be here. And I'm sure as we talk, a little more about me will come out yeah. along this this journey. <laughs> okay, well, awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, so I think one of the things that I'm really, really curious about and that um, lots of my listeners struggle with is they're trying to figure out how to have healthy relationships with their children. And, this, you know, I, we're focusing on mothers and daughters right now. But in general, they're trying to have healthy relationships with their children when they perhaps didn't experience a healthy mother-daughter relationship themselves. And it can be really hard to go into that goal when you, you only really know what you don't want and you don't know how to actually get to where you want to be. And so it's just, you know, can we just start there? Yeah, I think that's really important because as we talk, one of the things that you'll know about me as well is that I'm pretty transparent about my, my mother-daughter journey, right? And so I have one daughter. She's now 32 years old. And as I was growing up, there are things that would come up in my relationship with my mother that I was like, I will never do that to my child. I would never say that. This will never happen. And so that is the desire going into parenting, right? But what happens is if we have not intentionally identified those things that we want to change in our lineage, and if we have not intentionally sought out help, learn different coping mechanisms, and do some rewiring of our brains. When we get in stressful situations, those are the things that pop up. And that's what you know, that's what you learn. And so without that intentionality, we repeat what we don't repair. And that is one of the quotes that, that I love to use and I, I, the name of the author is slipping me right now and she says we repeat what we don't repair yeah. it sounds so simple but there's so much depth to that so much truth and so okay so now I feel like the the folks who are listening are like yes that, that makes sense I'm just part of me like wants to help them know how to repair, especially for our listeners who have lost their mothers or who have relationships with their mothers that are really strained and or they know their parents will never engage with them. How can we go back yeah. and repair what needs to be repaired if we we don't have the buy-in? I'm super lucky. My mom is right there with me and willing to yeah. do the work. It's beautiful the way she is vulnerable. She's on my posts on Instagram and Facebook. She really engages with me, like the healing process. It's gorgeous. Yeah. But not all people have that. Not, you know, and so how do we go about repairing when we don't have that? Or maybe yeah. even we don't want to forgive the hurts that came to towards us. That's pretty loaded right there, right? <laughs> and kudos to your mom. That is such a gift. That is such a gift. And, and kudos to her being a trendsetter because usually in my practice, I find young adult daughters who are reaching out to say, hey, I want to do this. But my mom isn't necessarily, you know, she's set in her ways. She doesn't necessarily see a need for anything to change. Um, but I do, right? And so when we think about there might be a parent who might be unwilling or unavailable to do this work, 
we still have to do the work for ourselves because if we don't do the work, then we're passing it on to our children to do, right? And so in my mother-daughter coaching program, I've really set up about five steps to, to really navigate this space. And the first one is introspection and reflection. We have to have that level of awareness of what is it that we want to change? What, it is, what is it that we want to be different? And what do we bring to the table, right? Kind of like in this space, also focusing on what is in my control? What about this relationship can I control? And what can I not control? And then focusing in on the things that you can control. Right. So that that is like first step. And then we look at how do we establish healthy boundaries. Right. And when we hear boundaries, especially for our moms who are, you know, a little older, it's like you're setting up walls and you're but boundaries are not really walls. Boundaries are really saying how we're going to operate in our relationship so that you can be safe and I can be safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So w- then what do healthy boundaries in a mother-daughter relationship look like and at, and at different ages? So, you know, for we all, you know, most of us have had a mother and most of us, you know, we have children who are listening to this, right? So how, like, how does a health, like a healthy mother-daughter relationship look with our own mom? If we have one who's, who we're working with right now, who we're around and spending time with, and then also what does it look like with our own children? Can we talk yeah. about kind of what are the characteristics of those healthy boundaries? Right. And you're, you're so correct. It, it looks differently at different ages, yeah. right? For example, I'm going to give you an example in my own life. So my daughter is 32. She's married and they recently had a child or to wholeness, I should say. <laughs> so I have my thoughts and my, my ideas of how she should raise her child, right? Because the mother with all the wisdom and I'm older than you kind of thing. But I remember specifically when I went to stay, spend some time with her after her baby was born. And I remember just looking at her, trying to figure things out. And I'm like, you know what? It's really not about me right now. And this is the part where you can be, if if you are able to be reflective and introspective, this this is where it comes in. I'm like, it's really not about me right now. It's about her having this experience. And so one of the things that I did was I assured her and reassured her that you have everything that you need to be an amazing parent. Just tell me how I can support you. Right. And so even when he was crying and in the back of my head, I was thinking, this baby's hungry. He needs some more food. Right. I I said to her, you know, I I just gently said, what kind of cry do you think that is? You know, just just inviting her to explore, because for me, I've been doing my work and I know that it's important to have boundaries. I don't get to go in and bogart and take over her experience. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And you know, it's funny, like I, I know that we were saying that this looks different at different ages, right? But 
it's pretty like it's similar to when a kiddo is building Legos or magnetiles when they're little, holding back and thinking yeah. like this is their experience, this is their play. I don't need to step in. I need to support yeah. and having that attitude of this is theirs, this is their mm -hmm. life, and That's I can it. be there to support them. I think that that carries through all you know all through our relationship with our kids. It does. And again, we're talking about mother daughter, but this applies to all of our relationships. Right. And so that was a healthy boundary to ask her, what is it that you want for him? How do you want to raise him? And I'll support you in those efforts versus we're in third grade. I think it might've been my son and they were studying the solar system. I had to make that contraption to be, you know, no, Pluto goes here and it's got to be this color. And it's, yeah. That was so unhealthy, right? But learning along the way how to endorse their own personality and give them space for autonomy and agency is so important and not be so wrapped up where their identity is so connected to mine that I forego who they are as individuals. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So much. It's, it's also not easy when, again, you know, our models were different too, you know? And so I, one thing I do feel curious about, so you were talking, you gave this beautiful example of you having healthy boundaries with your daughter as she became a mother. And I feel curious about when you're in the mother, like in your daughter's shoes, you've just become a, a mother and you are in having an interaction with your mother. What would a healthy boundary setting look like from her, on her part? Because people have lots of opinions about how we're supposed to raise our kids, right? So what would a healthy boundary setting sound like coming from your daughter's place? Yeah, I think that's really a good example uh, or a good place to, to look at boundaries. So it might be that a daughter said, mom, I, I know you want to be with my son, or I know you want to be with your grandchild, but can you give me some time, you know, asking for time, because a lot of times, especially when our daughters have children, we feel like we need to, you know, assert ourselves in there a little more but even respecting respecting that space or just saying things like I understand that you know this aura gel worked when I was a kid but now they have new studies that we need aura gel with a different ingredient yeah. and and just to be as a mother to be able to accept that and say, okay, and give her that space instead of feeling like she's attacking me or she's saying, you don't, what you did wasn't good enough. Oh, absolutely. I think that we run into that so much that when we try to explain our way of parenting differently to the older generation that we, we inadvertently hurt their feelings. We, it feels yeah. like a rejection or, or a dismissal mm -hmm. or, or a criticism of how yeah. they did things. And, it, you know, if we think about how wrapped up we are, our identity is in rearing our children and being a parent, it's, being a mother is a big piece of identity. And then to be on the receiving end of, I didn't like how you did it and I'm doing it differently. It's quite a vulnerable thing. 
to be yeah. on the receiving end of that. So I love that you're encouraging us to tap into compassion for our parents. And of course, there are parents who did did real harm. But for the most part, most of us have parents who did the best that they could with what they the information yeah. they had at the time. And yeah. so coming in from yeah. that place of compassion and just, you know, acknowledgement of, you know, I know you care, assuming the best. I, I know that you really want what's best for me, my new mm -hmm. child. And, and I know you have good intentions. And um, I know that you had good intentions when you were raising me. And now we just know we, things are different. We know more. And, and now I'm doing right. things differently. And that doesn't mean it, but how you did it was wrong. Kind of having right. good couching, you know, like that's the therapy term, right? Couching things. Yeah. <laughs> And it helps us if, if mom is doing her own work, right? Because again, so much of our identity is mothers, you know, caught up in what our children do. Uh, one of the things that I coach and, and teach my clients is that your children aren't here to fulfill your unmet dream. They have their own and we get to support them or not, but they're not here to fulfill our unmet dreams. And I think, you know, it's funny. I think that that like, for those of us with younger kids, I feel like that feels really obvious, but as they get older and they start moving towards the teenage years and, or moving towards thinking about college or careers, I think it's hard to remember that at times, especially if you see yeah. them take a very different path. Right. And when dealing with the generation that we're dealing with now, things are so different, right? We have people who will quit jobs on the, you know, in, in a minute, whereas we might be from the school of thought that you give them 30 days, you give them, you give them two weeks notice and you have another job before you quit your job. And, and then here we have these um, younger uh, millennials and they take risks and they don't necessarily care about being on a job for 30 years. Yeah. Right. And so that looks totally different than the values that we have as older parents. And so how do we trust them to navigate their own path and just be a soft place for them to land? Yeah. Oh, I like that. that a soft place for them to land. That's beautiful. Okay. So I have a couple of questions that I want to know kind of what your your teens and the young adults would say like if you could ask them what are like the top five things that moms can do when their girls are young to set them up to have a healthy relationship what would your your clients your young adults and teen clients say oh my they would say mom could listen listen to me listen 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 right and i mean paying attention even when i'm having a tantrum still listen mm -hmm. to me because some of my teens feel like their mothers or, or their parents love is conditional only when you behave the way i want you to behave or i expect you to behave right mm -hmm. so then there becomes this separation when i don't act right or I don't behave properly mm -hmm. and there's this separation and during that time of separation or isolation there's so much that happens within their cognitive state it, it just is not good yeah, right? right and so listening would be one um, being there 
is it's an extension of listening, but also allow me to take risks. Mm, yeah, allow me to take risks. That can be hard. Okay. It can be hard, especially when you've lived this life already, right? Yes. And, and, like, and that's where that agency comes in, right? Yeah. Allowing them to take risks. They would say that one of the big things that my teens say is, Miss Ann, I don't always want to hear the comparative story. Like when I was your age, I didn't have to da-da-da. And, and I had to walk and I had to do this kind of work and I had to do this and I had to do this and you have it so easy. Mm, I bet that feels really invalidating to them. Very much so and very minimizing to their experiences. And so if parents would understand that they might not have the exact same experiences, but their experiences are valid and there's reasons or are reasons why they could be stressed or having uh, mental health really uh, challenges around their lifestyle, even though you have worked as hard as you can to make it cushy or comfortable or you know offer the things that you didn't have it doesn't mean that they're not faced with their own challenges yeah okay so listen allow mistakes um yeah i know comparing experiences okay any other (laughs) wisdom from teens yes they would say don't share my business with other people respect my privacy Oh my goodness. Oh, I have, I posted something like that on Facebook a little while ago. And one of my friends who's a little younger than me, she said when she got started her menstrual cycle, her mom walked down the street with a box of pads and saying, my girl is a woman now. And so I think it's important that parents realize that it is a difference when you have a support system and you have a village that, you know, you consult with or you you have to encourage you and your child along than when you're just sharing their business. Yeah. And yeah. also for them to to hear you share their business. That could be so, so hurtful. And yeah, so even in, in the instance where, yes, it's a village, but have to, you might need to, or consider asking permission. Is it okay that I share this with grandma? Or is it okay that I share this with Auntie Susan? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is something that can be practiced early. I, I practice this with my kids. My kids are nine and six, and we practice this and have been for years. It's one of the reasons why I rarely talk about my parenting struggles here because mm-hmm. my parenting struggles include my children and that's their story. And exactly. I and they're little, they can't really give good consent for me right now to, to share their stories. Right. So I really appreciate that. Okay, so listen, allow risks, no comparison, um, respect my privacy. Let's, do you have one more so we can have five? <laughs> no comparison, uh, respect my privacy. And then the other one would be, let's see, I'm thinking about, I have a few teams in mind that's coming up. And the one that I'm thinking about really ties back into listening. And it's like not minimizing 
the things that that I'm experiencing and that that kind of ties like together believe, like believe me yes believe me so that the the door can be left open but also an extent of this one right here which is I, I think believe me would be a good topic for this one but also in that belief not force me to do things or engage with people who I don't feel comfortable engaging with, right? So growing up in our household, you respected adults, you you respected by hugging people, you know, without regards to your autonomy, mm -hmm. right? With Without, it's totally disregarded, yes, yes. right? You did this because you're showing respect. And if you did not greet and kiss and hug and did all of those things, the people might look at your parents and say, oh, what kind of parents are they? Or what kind of children are they raising? But I think for parents to take a step back and say, and if the child doesn't want to engage in, with people in a certain way, trust in and believing that they have a reason or they might know yeah. something. Yeah, and that's another thing that can start right away from the beginning. Right away. Hugs or forced affection. Um, right away. Yeah, and I mean, and this is, these are t teaching healthy boundaries too. So, mm -hmm. And it's, healthy boundaries aren't just what happens between you and your children, but it's how you support your children and holding them with other people too. It's beautiful, it's a Absolutely. gift to give to your children, to teach them how to listen to their intuition, how to trust themselves and to know that they are trustworthy by trusting them. That's right. Yeah, it's just- That's a, right. Yeah. That's right. And by, by believing them, by trusting them and giving them, you know, support in knowing that, you can listen to yourself hmm. and uh, you know so many times we have been taught especially as women to override our intuition so much and even though you know we might say i had a gut feeling about that but we've been it has been minimized so much it has been invalidated or seen as wrong or we've been called sensitive or too emotional or so many different labels have been attached to us really queuing into our our intuition that we lose sight and we override those feelings. And I think embracing them in our children is so such a gift. It's such a gift. You know, I, I so agree with you. We've been so conditioned. I think the world is afraid of the power of women who listen to their intuition. I think that it is a a thing that happens on purpose where we get conditioned to not listen to it because the world, I mean, we would be so powerful, I, I, you oh know, just God. as women, like we would just be, our intuitions is, are so beautiful and wonderful and spot on. We are so good at seeing injustice when we're trusting our gut. We're so good at seeing patterns. We're, I, I don't know. The intuition of women is something that's so beautiful to me. It's one of the like my biggest goals for my girls is that they never yeah. quiet that voice within them. Yeah, because we're we're intuitively good at our core. We're intuitively ourself. That part of us is intuitively good, and and it'll it'll guide us. 
right? Yeah. And that's where our personal power comes from. Mm-hmm. But if we keep quiet in it, and if we keep overriding it and ignore our children when they express their their emotions, and yes, they might be big emotions, the more we override it or dismiss those emotions, the more we quiet those intuitions mm-hmm. and those intuitive parts of them. I, I so agree. And I, you know, it, this all goes hand in hand with doing our own work. I, so many of my clients, and I'm sure your, your parent clients to the parent moms that you work with have such a hard time trusting their own intuition as parents um, and yeah. reclaiming that for yourself, learning to trust your intuition, learning not to run to the next parenting expert like you and me, but rather turning inward to be your own yeah. inner guide is a crucial practice and i think sometimes when we are nurturing that in our children they can be such an inspiration to us they can really teach us how to do that um if we let them you know yes oh that's so beautifully said absolutely Mm. yeah Oh, goodness. Okay. So I feel like I could talk about mother and daughter relationships with you, you know, so long. And I know that my listeners are going to want to learn more about what you have to offer. So where can they go to find you and learn more about, you know, you have great free content on Instagram. You do a really nice job of putting prompt, like prompts, you know, things to say to your daughter, um, things mothers should say to their daughters. I, I love those posts of yours. So where can they find you? Well, they can find me on my website, first of all, that will take you to all social media platforms, www.andillard.com and Instagram, andillard.lmft, Facebook, and Kip Consulting Services is the name of my my business, my practice. But I also have a mother-daughter group that's called Building Authentic Mother-Daughter Relationships. Oh. And I, I share lots of um, free content in that group as well. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll make sure that all the links to those things are in the show notes. And Anne, I really appreciated connecting with you on these topics today. I love the, the attention and space you give to mother-daughter relationships. We need more of it. Thank you so much. And thank you for continuing to do the work that you do serving your audience. It's a breath of fresh air. (laughs) Well, yeah, again, I really just loved chatting with you. So thank you so much. Thank you, Laura. Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, Remember to subscribe to the podcast. And if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, That's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right. That's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly of yourself. And just remember, balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.